Welcome to Real Estate Hackers, where you'll hear how real estate investors grew something from nothing. Property management is going to become more technical. Our entire business today is based off of a hack. What if you could put $1,000 into an apartment building project on your phone? With YouTube, with podcasts, you can catch up very quickly to a seasoned investor. Now here's your real estate hacker host, Chad Gallagher. Welcome to the Real Estate Hackers Show, where we talk to actual investors who use systems and tech to scale out their business and where they see this all going in the future. Before we get to this week's guest, a few words from our partners and friends of the show. Welcome to Real Estate Hackers, where you'll hear how real estate investors grew something from nothing. Property management is going to become more technical. Our entire business today is based off of a hack. What if you could put $1,000 into an apartment building project on your phone? With YouTube, with podcasts, you can catch up very quickly to a seasoned investor. Now here's your real estate hacker host, Chad Gallagher. Welcome to the Real Estate Hackers Show, where we talk to actual investors who use systems and tech to scale out their business and where they see this all going in the future. Before we get to this week's guest, a few words from our partners and friends of the show. This show is brought to you by Red Rabbit Insurance. As a real estate investor, I love working with companies and people who truly understand investing. If you're a real estate investor, I highly suggest talking to Ryan at Red Rabbit Insurance. Red Rabbit specializes in working with investors of all sizes, both for their personal residence, auto, and investment properties. Red Rabbit recently saved one of our investors $5,000 a year by switching to the exact same coverage. That's a down payment on a new rental. I personally saved 15% by switching to Red Rabbit, which is pretty significant. And Red Rabbit Insurance makes it super easy to get a quote. All you need is the address, your full name, and your date of birth. No annoying questionnaires to fill out and Red Rabbit gets you a quote in less than a day. Email ryan at redrabbitinsurance.com or go to the website redrabbitinsurance.com or call 1-800-560-3015. That's redrabbitinsurance.com. Call today to save some money and get better insurance rates for your investments. Hi, what's up guys? I'm pumped. We got a special show here today, Real Estate Hackers Podcast. We got two people in the studio, not just one. The firm foundations partnership chris and dan in the house what's up guys how you doing Doing good how you doing good um so why don't we just start with um maybe give some background to the the listeners uh you guys started out independently in either construction or real estate and then kind of came together to form a partnership yeah you want to start dan sure i uh i've been in the trade since i went right into the trades right out of high school. I'm a trim carpenter by trade uh, and worked in that for 10 years. Uh, got out, went on my own, uh, started doing finished basements, additions, things like that. Uh, basically anything except for exterior work, I would sub out the exterior work. I didn't want to get into like full house building I just or commercial work that much. I did finish a little bit of uh, commercial strip mall stuff um, and was working at that. Started acquiring a couple rentals um, with a home equity line and then bumped into this guy, although I've known him since fourth grade. We were, our, fa- our families were real close, so I've known him for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, I got into real estate. I was working at Franklin and Marshall College, uh, working, uh, I worked in facilities and operations. We worked out- Not their real estate department. No, no, no. no. I was nice. like maintenance and general labor. Uh, <laughs> when, when a professor didn't want a box moved, he would call us uh, to come and move it for him. So. A lot of time was spent in the back of a box truck. I was the lowest man on the totem pole, so I sat in the back of a box truck. Like, so this isn't like hyperbole. This is like literally, literally sat back there. Your day. Some people are at a desk. They hate their nine to five. You are in the back of a box truck, just chilling. 
chilling literally sometimes because it was freezing and i would i would actually come uh, over like when he was getting deals and i would like drop off a check to him in the back of the box because there was nothing else like it was yeah yeah, it was so so yeah i was working out of the back of the box truck a lot of downtime i was always good at negotiating finding things low selling them high buying low selling high and i stumbled across real estate i was like what's the what's something that can make me the most money and i came upon real estate Spent four years learning it in the back of the box truck. And then we met at a at a class party. I think it was 2015, early 2015, and formed a partnership. I had four deals under contract that I didn't have the equity to close. And Dan had the equity because he was an outstanding money raiser. And uh, yeah, I continued to work at F&M all the way until 2017 doing deals. Some In the box truck. In the box truck. Some were million-dollar deals. Like, uh, so you're... Paint the picture for me. You're sitting in the back of the box. Yeah. Are you on a smartphone? I was. Yes. Okay. I got talked to multiple times by my superiors <laughs> saying, you cannot do that. And my response was, at this point, we were scaling and we were getting bigger and bigger. And I knew if they let me go, I'd probably be okay. So my response was, if we're going to drive around campus doing nothing, I'm going to be on my phone uh, making money. I mean, and, to be honest, like some of your <laughs> other people that were working were like playing Pac-Man on their phone. So <laughs> right. I, I yeah, mean, at least yeah, he was yeah, doing yeah. something that was like, yeah. you know, good I still, for your I mind, still remember like, there there was a there was a cutout in the door, like to the front cab area, and I remember the first million dollar deal I was doing on the phone with a realtor, and I had to use actual numbers, and I was like, yeah, we could probably come up to one point one million. <laughs> and I remember the guys just kind of peering through the door, like looking back, like, what is this guy doing? Like, he's got to be BSing. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. my, my personal version of that, I was, um, in a digital advertising company, essentially kind of flying all over the country and even the world meeting with various CMOs and stuff like that. And so I'd like come out of a meeting and I'd like jump into a conference room at like P and G and I'd be like, I just, I guys, I need like 10 minutes mm-hmm. and I would jump on a call and I'd be like, no, come on, we can't do 50 K right. <laughs> like 45 is the best we can do. And they're like, okay, fine, take 45K. And hang up and I text Nate and I'd be like, we got the deal. Yeah. And then I jump out and be like, okay, so Procter & Gamble, yeah. uh, mobile advertising. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely Wearing surreal whenever yeah. you're in that moment. Uh, I wouldn't change it though. And F&M was awesome to me. Uh, they definitely helped me get to where I am. So Cool. So yeah. so you guys uh, come together, you form a partnership. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess the, the, the thinking here is it sounds like, um, <laughs> you know, uh, Chris, you're a little more of the kind of negotiating, finding deals. Dan, more at the uh, kind of the trade side of things. Yeah. Is that, is mm-hmm. that Trades. Right? And then I also did a lot of the like beating the pavement, trying to find money. Um, I had been for three years previous to meeting him. I was like calling business owners, um, doctors, lawyers, people that I knew within my network that had never done business with me before, but had actually seen a lot of it had came from um and not toot my own horn, but like my quality of work, what I did impress enough people, like from from like just the trade side, mm-hmm. that went like it it my my words came with some weight in terms of like yeah like okay this it's guy does is it yeah yeah credibility just like okay he did a really nice job here I I, I can imagine he's gonna do something like or I'm doing a flip he's not gonna just like you know put lipstick on a pig so yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that was the approach and then we just kind of got further in. So. That's awesome. Uh, when you guys came together, did did both of your individual? I mean, I, I assume things started to accelerate quickly. Correct. Yeah. At that point. Very much so. Yeah. No. We actually we, started doing flips first. We didn't. I, I think about that. Like our first like rental was a little bit like a couple months down the road. I mean, it was six months down the road till we really acquired a rental. We had done those. Yeah, the, the four, four houses flips. that are under yeah. contract were flip properties, so they were they all needed rehabbed. Um, 
And like I said, I didn't have the equity. So that was how we got into it. Uh, but no, after we formed the partnership, I mean, we've, we've exploded. I mean, we've gone from since 2015, we've acquired over a hundred doors of multifamily, flipped over 40 properties and uh, done some high end commercial as well in there. So that's awesome, man. I mean, just some staggering numbers. Um, awesome stuff you guys are doing. Is there a deal that kind of stands out in kind of the early going that you guys did where you're like, dude, this is going to work? Like... <laughs> uh, honestly, uh, I don't think assurance that it was going to work. I think every deal that we've ever gone into, there's a little bit of speculation on if we're uh, doing the right thing. Uh, but I mean, on, that, on the post side of things, like post side, oh, absolutely. Like, like you walk yeah. up to the closing table and you're like, dude, this partnership's going to work. Like, this yeah. is. Uh... Yeah. No, we 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 saw. The partnership itself, just being by myself in real estate, once I got into a partnership, just the leaps and bounds that that propelled us just by, we kind of feed off of each other when we're in a room. I mean, it, it, it's just, go ahead. You were Well, and something. we were, because he was working a full-time job in the back yeah. of a box truck doing not nothing, but a lot of times nothing, there was this, like, it was like this doubling up of a, a work day where like, it felt like I was doing double the work because I wasn't like scrounging for deals and like really pushing. Cause I, I'd been calling for deals too. I just wasn't getting as many. I, I had some, I, I acquired 14 door, doors on my own previously. Right. Um, but then like with him, like I was out, you know, flipping one property, managing another property, doing, you know, getting it ready for a flip or finishing it up and going to settlements. And he's out there going, Hey dude, drop your tool belt. You got to get over there, walk through it and make an offer today. Take your checkbook and meet the guy. It's nine o'clock. We're doing an escalation clause till six you know like and so he was doing all this like negotiator like hard hard uh negotiating and i was just kind of like the boots on the ground and it worked like beautifully at, at the beginning and now that and then he on on a very specific property um we, and it, there was some speculation on that we bought a five thousand square foot um like mansion for lack of a better term um over on the west end of town and so it was a um, dentist office. it was a it was a dentist west office. End of lancaster. yeah west mm -hmm. end of lancaster um right near buchanan park um, and it had been like, the doors were literally like screwed shut for years, years mm -hmm. and years. The guy had run off that people were after him, the health department, all the rest, like he shut mm -hmm. down his practice years ago and it used to be a doctor's, a doctor's, uh, place before that. So, but originally it was a residential space and it was zoned residential and somehow he got a hold of it. I mean, yeah. That's a big, big old place. And we, we refinished every square inch of it. I mean, hand, you bought it for? um, one, 155. You guys are <laughs> okay. So you bought it for one fifty five, and put in about two hundred. Yeah, saying. just under two hundred. Wow. Yeah, and then sold it for like five five sixty five. That's awesome, man. Yeah. And everyone was like, oh, I don't know, because we were we now, listed it at. Let's let's be fair on this property. You ask us if we do that again. Go ahead, ask us. Would you do it again? I don't no. know that we would. No, too much work. Uh, we we did a lot of that work ourselves. We were there a oh, yeah. whole year. And we were like, yeah. it was not, it was nine months. Yeah. And nine it was, months. we, we sold it in nine days and everyone was like, you're crazy for asking 575 on that side of town. Nothing. And we were, we were one of the top places. Now we could probably sell for another hundred thousand. Oh, I don't know, I, give or take, because we, I mean, we, it was, it was lights out. It was awesome. I mean, for the, for the work that we did to it, um, it was awesome. That said, um, we have times money. See, yeah. We have realized the value of our time. And we are doing less and less. That was when we were doing six flips, six flips every three months. Like I was, mm. we were jamming. I mean, it was ninety days a flip. Now that one was 
you know, significantly more. But were you still <clears> doing <throat> multiple flips while that was going on, or did you just we were at like, the beginning? We had we we t- let a couple tail out, and we were mm-hmm. at the back end of some of them, and then we got into this thing, and it was like our focus for almost a year, and it just it we realized that like it took so much of our focus that we couldn't we didn't actually acquire a whole and then we acquired a couple other apartment complexes and stuff and that right. may sound huge to some people but like we probably could have doubled what we oh, were yeah. doing and even the profit in what we we made on this one flip right. um if we would have like thought a little bit more about it but mm-hmm. it was a good learning lesson yeah. and great mm-hmm. great stories and we got some other really important contacts from it so we did how did you get other contacts from it so we were um I've been, like I said, when when went out on my own, uh, started asking people basically right away. As soon as I kind of ran out of my home equity line of uh, like acquisition power, because <laughs> you can only buy so many properties with a home equity line. People people will say you can buy a thousand. It it takes a lot of time to do that. So um, especially in the worst economy in history, uh, that didn't people start looking at you like you're crazy when you're self employed. But um, we so we were um, finishing up, and I I pulled up the one day like to you know, fix the mulch that had blown onto the sidewalk because it was like showing day. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's this guy like peering through the front window of this this mansion that we had redone, like putting smudge marks on it. I was like, <laughs> hey, man, can I help you? You know, I th- he looked like a contract, a little rough around the edges. Um, and he wouldn't mind. He'd sit in here saying that. He's one of our partners now. Um, he, he, I said, hey, I'm Dan Gottwald. And he's like, are you Doc's son? And I was like, well, Doc doesn't have a son. My uncle's a dentist and he's known him for years through different things. Uh, my uncle, he, this guy's a bodybuilder. He's got, his arms are bigger than my thighs. Like, oh, yeah. like they're, he's just one of those people like, and he's, he's a, probably a foot shorter than me. And I like, I wouldn't cross him to, and, to and, for and a million just to bucks. frame this. So you're working on this house, this old dentist house. Yes. This guy just comes walking yeah. down the street yeah. and is like, hey. Well, I pulled up and he's looking at this. Doing? Yeah, he's looking at it. And I was like, What's going on, man? And uh, you already we, owned it. Uh, we we were at the, this was like at the end, like when, okay. when we were about to sh- show it. So like oh, Chris yeah. is at work. I want to say that day or no, whatever. He was whatever. He wasn't there. I just walked up. Hey, can I help you? We started chatting. I mentioned my name. He knew my uncle. Um, and he con. I, I said, hey, this is what we do. He's like, I had actually looked at this house for my wife and I. We love. We live up in Lidditz, we in like suburbia, and we'd like to live in town when we, you know, he wants to re- kind of retire in town. And I said, um, <clears throat> you know, well, you know, if you're looking to do that, we'll keep an eye on it and give me your number, blah, blah, blah. And he also mentioned, he's like, hey, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a real estate investor myself. I mean, I, I do it kind of on the side. I own several different, you know, commercial properties, this, that, or the other thing. And uh, I've done it in the past. He's like, if you, you you ever want to talk about it, let me know. And that was like my green light. Like I, st- I, I didn't put on the schmooze or, you know, I didn't, I didn't like lather them up at all. But like we started um, exchanging conversations. Um, I kept on saying, Hey, I think I have a deal. We, some deals fell through this, that, and the other thing showed him a couple flips that we did beyond that. And then, um, that kind of parlayed into, you know, Hey, how much money do you actually have? You know, you have to finally have that kind of brass tax talk. Like, you know, how do, are you talking, are talking 30? 50? Are you talking 300? Are you talking, you know, 3 million? I don't Cause you never know. I mean, yeah. this guy yeah. drives and it's crazy. Like some people that we meet, they have like like no money at all and they're driving a Mercedes and then yeah. like they have 30, you think, oh, you think we could invest 30,000 with you? And like 30,000 is a ton of money. And then it's like no money at all. Like depending <laughs> on how you're looking, uh, what, what deal you're looking at. And then you, you, you talk to, uh, you so know, some people driving a Civic, yeah. Oh, he was driving a rusty Toyota Tacoma <laughs> and, and he's like, he goes and, and, and the guy had some money. Like he yeah. had some, hundreds. I mean, uh, hundreds, hundreds and ended up being one of our primary partners on, uh, probably our largest deal to date. Um, and, 
it went off of, there was some, some, hey, these guys did a really nice job because I saw it before. I walked him through to show him like our nice job because uh, he had seen it before um, that in that mansion. And then I kept in front of him for, it was nine months till we actually found something. Um, and then, you know, we, we, we kept showing him these pro, uh, you know, propositions, these business ideas in terms of real estate. And he was like, hey, do you mind if I bring my, my buddy? Uh, I have a real good friend. And, you know, you never turn that down. If yep. he says, uh, if you have a guy that know, you know has money, says, hey, I want to bring a friend, um, you say yes. And <laughs> every time, bring all of your friends. We'll have, we'll have a party. party. Yeah. And I don't think, like, he's, like, a big, he doesn't seem, like, he, I'm not saying he doesn't have friends. He, he, he's selective. You sure. know, I think he, sure. he has a pretty close-knit Right, so you group. knew yeah, this was friends a deal. Yeah. yeah. And sure enough, that guy was able to uh, bring another, you know, three, four hundred thousand and... Here we are today, you know, so um, on on a pretty large deal that we can go into at some other point here. Yeah, so uh, so you, you, you do this huge flip at the dental office. You probably find some teeth laying around. Gold or, teeth, actually. We made gold, a couple hundred teeth. bucks. I have, uh, I have a story of the dentist office. So oh, we're so sitting gross. there and so Dan gross. is sawzawing out a, a dentist chair. Like there's a chair. And you know, like whenever you go to the dentist, they have the suction tubes that suck all the spit out of your mouth. Yeah, there's a lot is, of tubes. A lot of tubes. Going through these chairs. Dan's sawing this chair out. 10 years old. <laughs> yeah. Hasn't it it hasn't been used in 10 years. And he's sawing these hoses and he's got his mouth wide open. Like, it's like, like Dan Sawzaw's like, like, it's like, ooh, his mouth full <laughs> it's open. Happened. It happened. And I saw like the most horrendous juice come flying oh out of gosh. one of these things into his mouth. Oh my God. Did he know it? Oh, yes. he knew it. Oh, I knew it. He knew I, it. He started gagging and. Oh my gosh. I Chris looked I was green. laughing so hard. Yes, I was green <laughs> and laughing. I was like half, you know, heaving and and laughing at the same time. That's disgusting. It was disgusting. But that's so, the type so of stuff gross. you deal with. Yeah. 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 The, the the property brothers it, never show you that. No, they and they won't. HGTV. They won't show you. Uh, yeah. But Oh man, that is more than I bargained for. Uh, I was hoping, like, I mean, the gold tea things. Good. So, did you sell yeah, the gold? We tea? did. We I, did. I went like scrounging through. Like, I'm telling you, it was it was over a thousand of these these teeth model things. Uh, like, in the, I don't know why this guy took so many like impressions of his of his of his patients, but they're they're just they were lining the the walls like everywhere, and some of them had like. I guess what he would do then is cap the, the gold tooth, uh, cap the, the the model with a, a gold crown, and then he would put it in his in the person's mouth. And some of them were just left there. Mm-hmm. And uh, we made like four or five hundred dollars on that gold. We thought it was gonna yeah, be like we took it to uh, a pawn shop. Yeah, my uncle's like, yeah, take that somewhere. You'll you'll get some money. Yeah, class sure rings that were worth yeah, class money. rings. Yeah, yeah. selling the gold teeth at the pawn shop like, could not have been the business model. No, no, no. and you know, it's you weird. make money where you can though. Chad. <laughs> it's you it's know a I mean? weird it's a weird feeling to even walk in and be like. Have these like gold teeth. I have thirteen gold teeth, and they're not mine. Like, like that's weird. Like, that's just a weird conversation. But I think those guys get it all the time. So I'm sure. Okay, so talk me through. You're doing primarily flipping, and then talk me through how you got your first um, apartment complex. Maybe the one in Anvil. Or it wasn't Anvil. First apartment complex would have been Summy House in Mannheim, okay. uh, which was thirty units. Um, Realistically, it, it was just a changing of the mindset. I, I remember sitting at my computer at F and M. It was like we were on break, and that came across LoopNet, which you can't ever find a deal on LoopNet. But, but this was back whenever you could, because it was like you know three years after two thousand eight or whatever. Um, so I saw it. The guy was asking one point one million, and honestly, it was just a. I whenever you're in a partnership, I feel like it helps propel you forward in within the way you think as well. Like you're like, hey, I think we can do this. We can make yeah. this happen. 
And we had like 30 grand. I mean, that's <laughs> honestly what we had. We had no money. Uh, but I was like, you know what? I wonder if, I wonder if I could get the seller to hold like a 30% second, the bank will just finance it. Like, I don't have to bring any money, right? Like, a uh, bank will do that, right? Come on. And, uh, Back then, the answer's no. Yes, correct. Yeah, yeah. The answer's I mean, no. Now, now it's still no. Now, I, I, now I still challenge it's no now. Okay, but, but uh, it was definitely no. I was very naive in thinking it could be done. So we got it under contract for a million. It cash flowed like it still is one of our the highest. debt coverage ratio on that thing was, it was like, like our bankers. Yeah. Our bankers like looked at their eyebrows. were like, can you do the numbers again? Because yeah. it seems like this is off. And we're like, no, that's exactly. We have three years of historicals. Yeah. Like, it was that. And it was rough. Like there was, there was reasons it wasn't being purchased. But we fixed those and it cash flows like crazy. And I remember the lender doing that deal. Like, like we went and I, and we were scared. I was like, I don't local know credit union. Uh, I bank. can't. It was it was a local bank. I can't tell you who. That's okay. But, but <laughs> I don't care who. I, I, I'm he, by, I, he's like, don't ever tell anybody. No, no, no. About this I've always deal. found that uh, local small banks and local credit unions early on. Are the oh yeah, way to go. credit unions were what gave me. Like, Correct. I mean, when I went out on my own. Uh, like in the trades and also wanted to buy f- like flips or buy, buy um, uh, apartments. Like I only had so much money in my, on my home equity line and they were the only people that even opened a home equity line because like all the banks, even my bank that I was with for like 15 years, like since I was like a kid was like, yeah, right. You don't want, you're, you're self-employed. Like right. uh, we, we're not going to do this. You're self-employed for less than two years. We're not yeah. going to touch you. Right, right, right. And you know, local bank was like, uh, local federal credit union was like, yeah, sure, why not? Okay, so just talk me through the math here. So 1.1 million? Yes. So, you know, conventional wisdom would say you need to put down 25% mm-hmm. at least. Yeah. We got it for right around a million. So okay. I'll make round numbers. So okay. yeah, so, so it's about a million. Uh, so conventional wisdom would say you need 250K at closing. Yep. And then you need closing costs and transfer tax. And you probably need 300K. Yep. Get this yep. thing done. Right. Yeah, we did it. And you we, had 30K. We had $30,000. You're off by 10X multiple. 10X yes. multiple. That's absolutely correct. I knew that it was that the debt service coverage ratio was astronomical. So I was like, okay, so we have that going into it. We can verify rents. Uh, we can verify expenses. And I got the seller to hold, you know, it held about $400,000 as a second mortgage. So the bank's position in it was right around 600, 650. With a crazy coverage ratio. Yeah. And then did you even put down 30K? No, we didn't put no anything money. down. All we did was pay for closing costs, which amounted to about $30,000. Okay. Yeah. So, you did, so. so you had some closing costs in there. Yeah. Uh, but you bought a $1.1 million, or let's call it 1 million, uh, no 20 units. 30, 30 units. With basically almost no money down. That is Because correct. you convinced the seller to, and then... What did the term look like on the seller side? It was like a five-year five year. term or something? Match the bank. It was a five-year term at 4%. Right. Yep. No, yeah. The term paid off five years, though. Yeah, there's a balloon yeah, on it. Five. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So, yeah, that's how we did it. And then did you, so how did you, did you eventually sell the place or did you? We still own it. You still own it. Still cash flows like crazy. you actually pay back the We're in process. We have a refi. That's coming up in the nine one months. year. Yeah, yeah, nine months. So in a year, you'll be five years in. Correct. And then you'll basically refi out the whole or sell. We're yeah. right now. It's probably going on the market if anybody's interested. Oh, okay. Yeah. Twenty units in <laughs> thirty uh, units. Thirty units. Sorry, thirty. I mean, I'm taller than that. Thirty units. That's a good deal. <laughs> yeah. um, for a house, that's probably that's probably worth two million dollars. Ten. Ten million. Right. 
<laughs> what do well, we agree on? Yeah. Market, I'll let you guys have that conversation. Yeah. But you no, did no, well. No, no, no. Yeah, you did well. We did do well. No, it's, well. no, it's um, a should work out. Yeah. And what's crazy about this seller financing deal <laughs> is when you were doing that, you were probably thinking, man, are we, are we sure we can pay him back in five Correct. years? Yeah. And yeah. now with just the crazy market, everything that's happened, paying yeah. him back is at least of your concern. Correct. You could you could refi and pay him back. You could have a whole bunch of options. It's mm-hmm. awesome. Um, one thing, one little tidbit to note on the seller financing thing: most banks won't leverage 100%. However, if you can get the seller to hold 20, 25%, most banks will allow you to only bring about 10%. So, for anybody that's out there, I have found that to be true. We've had sellers hold about 20%, and then the bank says you only have to bring 10. Interesting. As long as the deal is strong enough, it yes. can't be like surviving on. No, like not a construction a deal, not a decent yeah. net cash flow and all that. Like it has to have some good right. debt service coverage. But interesting, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, which is still a good deal. I mean, only bring ten percent down. Um, okay, so so you do that deal. So we we've covered you know start, starting the bat in the box truck to flipping the the dental properties. Now you have a apartment complex, but how the heck? I mean, as I understand, you got into then commercial in downtown Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Which still kind of blows me away. What led you to want to buy an office building in Lancaster, Pennsylvania? Uh, what led me to buy that? I think that originally came, again, a LoopNet deal. I saw it on LoopNet. It was on the market for quite a long time. Uh, they were trying to sell it for three years. Three years. I think the original listing price was $2.8 million. And uh, they had a, a, a internet. They had a Department of Labor and Industry in there that their lease was ending in about six months. And they took the whole building. They had the whole building. So there was a good possibility that it could be coming vacant. Okay. Um, and that was just literally looking at Lancaster. I mean. But you had no experience in commercial. None whatsoever. Zero. That was one that we peed our pants a lot. Um, <laughs> and that was a, that's a whole story. I mean, that's just, uh, you know, it's your relationships that really make it. They were asking 2.8. After L&I left, they lowered it to 2.5. And I remember Dan, we had offered back. So by the time you got, I mean, essentially the current lease or of the property was yeah. gone. I mean, they, they right. played Correct. Said they were it was uh, full. Long, it was twenty percent full when when they left. Yeah, um, like so they they were left eighty percent. Yeah, it. yeah. Long story short, this is the long story short. We offered on it when they were there, and Gerard Trust owned it. It's a big philanthropic trust out of Philadelphia. Like a hundred percent absentee, absentee, yeah, absentee non profit, non profit. Yeah. Yep. And we offered two, three, and they declined. They were two, eight. We offered two, three, didn't even counter nothing. We waited a year. Ellen and I left, and Dan was going by the building, and he said, Hey, man, this we is vacant. They left. Like, we should offer again on this thing. We came back in and we offered, what did we offer? We offered one, nine with them holding financing, some astronomical, which they were considering. They had, they, they brought us down to Philly. We went to the top of the Aramark building. You know, I'm sweating my pits. Like, there's a helicopter landing outside. Like, I, we do not belong here. Like, I have no clue what <laughs> yeah, I'm talking it was, about. Yeah, it was a different uh, world. Different world. And they they loved us. I mean, yeah. again, it's it's the connection and it's being able to sell the people that you need to sell. And they loved us, but they're like, listen, the five people that are here that are the headboard members, we love you, but we've got to convince the other 95. Yeah, it's like this crazy. And it dragged on, dragged on two months and... Now Lancaster's starting to gain real traction. Like the Marriott was building. I knew 101 and Q was coming. I was like, okay, this is going to go. So we went back. We heard that there was a developer coming to look at the building, the 29 East King, in three days. And we had a snowstorm coming in. 
So I was like, okay, he's not getting here for four days. And I knew the developer. I knew I was like, he's going to buy it. Like he buys everything. He's at least going to make an offer. So I went back to them and I said, listen, guys, 1.7 million cash, 1.7 million. Oh, so their problem before was the seller financing part. I think that was what was hanging them up. That's what I was get, getting at. It was like, if you had a straight offer, I think we'd be okay. So, and I did that knowing full well, it was 20% occupied. No bank's going to lend on it. Yeah. I was like, we we're, we're we're really stepping out, and they accepted. They took 1.7 the day of, and I remember so, calling. So you said 1.7 cash, but you don't. I mean, you don't have, have 1.7 no, cash. No, we do not. No. <coughs> so it was. It was really okay. I knew our investors. I was like, if we had to man up, we could. We still were pushing hard. For and how much? Financing. What's the timing to close? A couple months. We had three months. On three months. Like, okay, so three so months to find one. Four months total. So we had four months total. It was three three months due diligence, and then. We had time. It was just a contract. I was like, if we can't make this work, we'll back out. But uh, we found a lender that did. He was our trusted lender. I can shoot a shout out to him, Adnan. Yeah. Oh yeah. Adnan Pasic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we use Adnan. He's a great guy. Great um, guy. He funded it just because that, of the relationship we. That's had. relationship. I mean. Yeah. He. Uh, I mean, it, most bankers would not just like meet me in the hallway here and be like, yeah, we'll do that deal. But because yeah. we had done three deals with him before, he knows who we are, what we do. Seen our tax returns a hundred mm-hmm. times, and he's like, "Okay, these guys are legitimate, and they've they've changed these other properties, not maybe changed them to gold, but done well with them." Yeah. And uh, he, you know, we we've had the one loan with him for all, all but five years. The thing you can you know, supply, so. supply to your lender is that he knows you will do everything in your power to not let the deal go south. Right. And I think that's what he saw in us. He's like, he knew we were legit, and we had to be out working. We were out working. So yeah. Yeah. Okay, so hold on. So, so uh, one point seven. You got four months. How the heck did you come up with one point four million dollars in, in four months? So we went to Adnan and I said, "Hey, here's the deal. We got this at one seven. And he immediately was like, "You got that under contract at one seven. How many square feet? I was like, eighty thousand square feet, right across from the Marriott." Yeah. And he's like, "Okay." Um, he's like, "How how occupied is it?" I was like, "Twenty percent. It's bleeding ten thousand a month. We are losing ten thousand dollars yeah. a month on acquisition." We're asking. We're like <laughs> looking at each other at the settlement table, like, "You ready, buddy?" <laughs> like, like knees are weak, and, and then oh, oh, I think the original was we needed about a million in construction financing because we were going to do like a cosmetic makeover and then do a sample office space to kind of sell potential. Tenants. There were several suites in the actual yeah. building that were able to be divided up and utilized Correct. for smaller businesses. So. He liked the model that we proposed, uh, and uh, I'm trying to think what else. We had to bring 25% to the table, something like that, and we closed. Did you bring in an outside partner? So we brought in those two partners, the guy from West End End and his buddy, brought in a total of 700,000, and then actually my older brother, uh, we brought in as a minor partner at the end um, for another little bit, and he provides, he has an MBA, and and he, he just... He has some administrative skills that are are nicely. He looks at at potential tenants and business ideas for us uh, as part of his consultant. Uh, he's a consultant. He's a business consultant. So these guys great. got equity in the deal. Correct. They, they got a piece of the pie. Yeah. Small okay. piece and of some pie. interest. Smaller piece of pie, but good good interest. Yeah. So then, and then talk me through where this thing go. So now you own it. So we bought it. We did end up closing and gulping at the same time. That was yeah. definitely one that scared the crap out of all of us. Uh, and I mean, Dan and I just leveraged our relationships. We started talking to everybody. We went, the realtor that actually sold it to us. So we went through the realtor that had the listing. Um, we bought it through him, okay? And then we went to him and said, hey, did you get any 
any but was there anybody that was interested? Because the, the building was tired. It was extremely tired. And he said, well, there was a one Woodstream out of Lidditz. They're an international corporation. They came in. They were looking for a corporate headquarters. And they liked the building. They kind of liked it. They did not like that the absentee landlord was not present, not taking care of it, and they're big on landlord relations. And to be clear, like, Gerard took care of it for where it would needed to be taken care Correct. of, but there was there was one floor that was needing a complete rehab because it hadn't been done in t- since the 70s, so it was just tired. It wasn't, like, drab and, like, leaking and nasty things. Right. It just did. Well, Gerard was away, yeah. and, and they, they had... They billions yeah. of assets. Yeah, and like, they, they ran to government sure. agencies, yeah. and... When that agency left, they had no incentive to do anything with the building just because right. they just wanted to sell and get out. So, yeah. So I, I told the broker, I said, listen, uh, get them in here. Bring the CEO, CFO, and COO in. We want to personally show them the space and what we're going to do with it. And he's like, okay, let me see what I can do. So he, they ended up coming back. Uh, we hit it off with them. Uh, again, it's, it's, it's chemistry. I, I always, and it's networking and chemistry. If you can, Real estate is all about sales. Like I can't stress that enough. Like if you can, if you can love people and get on there, like where they love you back, that goes tremendously. Okay, so, so. you do the, the song and dance show for these yep. guys. Yep. As I understand, you then even get a drink next door. We do. Them. Yeah, we took them to Annie's afterwards, had a drink, uh, and then I shortened this process. It was a six month long process of negotiation, back and forth. Oh my god. Uh, we were going against high industries, which is astronomical. Uh, I I remember they were looking at a building from high that was updated and everything. But it was and in a farm field. In it Landis was in a farm field. And the yes. CEO wanted nothing to do with being in a farm field. He right. wanted big city. He wanted, like his, their their management team comes from New York yeah. uh, and Boston or something like that. So like they, right. they have big city feel and they just, they want to get younger. They want to get, and it's, he was, he is a mover and a shaker and he wanted to, get the, the city he wanted to get in the city so he can get his workforce not just mm-hmm. younger but like bring in yeah, that feel there's innovative it's, there's just yeah. something about being in a downtown like Lancaster that is clearly yeah. uh working for that kind of stuff so we were going up against high which that was I, there's a, a sense of I can't go into details we had to do some heavy hitting in lease negotiations but we won out uh, which I feel awesome about. Yeah. Oh, Chris was Chris was. We awesome. love you, Hyde. Yeah, you lost. It was it was hardball. <laughs> it was it was like brass tacks, and it was cool. Uh, the 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 final negotiation. Uh, they not to say yeah. anything that we can't. No, the final negotiation was like it was this like it was like this weird like war room kind of a thing where like. We had yeah. they had their whole management team in like the like the some of their other people that really weren't making decisions. They make decisions on day to day, but they weren't making this deal. And the the COO no uh, CFO. C, CFO like pulled Chris and I in to the, into the one room that was like closed off. Talked a little bit, came back out. They took their management team in, mm-hmm. talked a little bit. It was like a on site. We could see it because there's a glass window. There's like a glass uh, door and window. It's like the fruition and, of six months yeah, of going back and, and forth. Then the the CFO, yeah. I remember he was ironing out some of the last minute details, and he looked at me and he's like, he he, he outstretched his hand and he, he's like, I shook his hand and he's like, congratulations, he's like, congratulations on your first multi million dollar deal, <laughs> and I was just like, I got goosebumps. Yeah, like, it was that's cool. it. He's like, that's it. We're coming here. <laughs> shook their hand and they stuck by it. They shook hands and we still had yeah. to do a couple of lease negotiations. That, you know, little. You know, minutia, but it wasn't anything. So, how, what, what, what is like a ten-year deal or a five-year deal? It's or? ten-year deal with two five-year options on that. That so. they have, they have the option to yeah. stick around. 
Yeah. Um, and then it basically it's customized for them. Is that the build out? Is that kind of how the build out? They did the entire build out. <laughs> oh, the they, they did. The they out. were pouring money. So that's why we got a little more aggressive on lease negotiations because they, I mean, they, they improved the value of, of our building. I mean, by a long yep. shot because we would have had to do at least a certain amount. I mean, we had already allotted about a million dollars in terms so, of our yeah. initial approach to it. Now, when they came in, they wanted the 80% that was empty. So, or 70% that was empty. So it was like, okay, what, that, that, that flushed our, our, our idea out the window. Like it just was like gone. So we, we had to start over and figure out how much money our we were initial, willing to Our initial in. budget on the exterior, I think was 350 grand. And whenever they signed, we had we basically agreed to go up to like one point two or one point nine. But there were some incentives for that as well, and you know, the, yeah, we, we got we, some incentives from the city. Yeah, so we we you know we changed our approach due to them coming. Yeah, um, and it all still made sense. Lots of sense. It, it couldn't have gone any smoother. I mean, I, like that that does not happen. Yeah. Uh, a lot of our investors are like, "When's the next one?" I'm like. Please have some realistic expectations right. in mind. Yeah, and they're a fantastic deals. company. I mean, like they yeah. they know what they're doing. It's and also they crazy do it they well. want to buy a property. They you know yeah. Yeah. they could have. I mean, yeah. but they, they for their own, I guess. They have right of first refusal on that, so yeah. there's a good chance they, they might own it, it some point eventually. Yep. Man, what a story. Um, mm-hmm. Cool. So um, I want to close. There's there's two things I want to talk about before we close this up. One one is you guys are a partnership. Um, talk me through kind of what you've learned of working in a partnership in real estate. Uh, you know, the, the, uh, I don't know what, what's maybe, maybe very specific. What's one thing you've learned each of you over mm-hmm. the last seven years of working together mm. that, that maybe you didn't expect. Okay. Uh, one thing that I didn't expect is I, length of time you learn that it is more of a marriage than it is like you you have like it's just like a marriage you like when you first come together it's like the honeymoon phase it's weird mm. as this sounds but it's like nothing will stop you uh it doesn't matter what's going on who's doing what you're just going 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 and then as you start growing and you realize roles are starting to switch okay we're not swinging hammers anymore right. uh we're not you know managing properties ourselves anymore you know i think you start to realize, okay, we've really got to fine tune what each person's role is. And it's like, you, you start learning, you apply, you know, we're both married, we have children. So I think we are, we have a, we kind of a, have a married. Step, step, yeah. Yes. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Let's be clear with that. But we have a step up in that we've been in it. You know, we've both been married to our wives for 10 years, 10 years plus. I always introduce him yeah. as my Business partner, yeah. <laughs> not my partner, because right. that is very ambiguous. This day, that's fine. Partner, whatever you want, but like, yeah. anyway, it's, yeah, uh, it, it's more than a. I mean, it's yeah. it's more than a friendship. It's it's. Um, yeah. I mean, it becomes your life, really. It does. Other than your maybe your spouse, uh, it does. There's nobody I spend more time. I probably spend more time with him than my wife. Actually, mm. maybe sometimes. Yeah, scary. Uh, yeah, it, it is scary. It is scary, Thanks. but that's the reality of it. And I, you know, that 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 to me was kind of what what I realized needed right. to happen. I don't know about you, Dan. Yeah. I mean, the, the it goes along with it. We actually just spoke the other day on selflessness and it's like, it's a biblical principle. It's a business pro- principle. There's all sorts of ways that you can, you know, look at that. If you can get into the whole selfless, selflessness. And it's one of those things like, it's like, again, getting back to biblical, like dine yourself every day and like, like, like being willing to, 
give it up and for the other person, whatever that takes, you know, and, you know, next week he's going off with his wife somewhere. We're not telling him anywhere where, where, where he's going, the Bahamas, he's going to the Bahamas, leaving me here cold. And, uh, and I'm, you know, the, if something happens, like I'm there, like if it's a 17 inch, you know, flood and I got to go back, you know, shop back things or whether I'm paying a bill or, or, or meeting a client or whatever, it's, it's, it's just part of that, and it's um, yeah. Well, it's really important. Yeah, you coming the other day. One of you was out in like the freezing rain, out at one of your primary. It was like King like, Street by the door. Yeah, I was just like standing there, and it was just like I had to stand there with the security guy because the thing wasn't working that I couldn't fix. And it's like, well, one of us has to do this. He was sitting at home in his PJs, paying bills, <laughs> uh, watching right. Disney with his kids, and I, I, that's fine. That's what we do. And I didn't sit here and moan about it. Like, I mean, I moaned to him. I was like, man, I'm freaking cold. But like, you know, I was just joking, you know, like right, it's right, just right. part, you do things and it's not, it's not that one person is doing better than the other. It's just learning that. And I think the other thing is, um, I'm a very trusting person in general, but learning and implementing trust. Um, I think you were talking about that. Uh, just yeah. like, you know, I trust him so implicitly right now that like he honestly could be moving to the Bahamas with all of our money next week. And, and I don't want to say I wouldn't know, but because he handles more of that, I still keep tabs on and I check it every week or every day. Um, but like, like he has some controls that he has set up that are different than my controls that I have set up. And I trust him in that. And it's important. Um, and, it, it, you know, I think there's still safeguards and you have to watch yourself. And I think it's more the relationship. Right? When it comes down to it, it's just the relationship of being uh, basically married. Yeah, yeah. I was telling a story the other day. I went to our bank. Um, all I wanted to do was get right, like, write a check. <laughs> check it. And I said, hey, can I get a check? And they said, uh, no. Yeah. And I said, I, I mean, I know there's money in there. <laughs> they said, oh, there's a lot of money, actually. Uh, and I said, can I have a check, please? Yeah. <laughs> they said, you're not on the account. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. she's like, ah, oh, crap. I said, yeah. come yeah. on. Yeah. I called Nate. Freaking yeah. Nate, why yeah. the account? Yeah. I said, well, I put Tina on the uh, yeah, account. Like, I just figured you ever want to even get in there. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So the way it goes. Uh, but where times. I go with that was, I, 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 look, when you're building a business, there's so much going on. If you mm. can't trust the other person, yeah. And, and yes, you should put your safeguards in place. That way you don't totally get screwed. But like if you can't trust them, then yeah. you're bound for failure. Because right. you just right. don't have the time. You don't right. have the time to be there's, – there's no people out there who want to try to screw you yep. that you got to be watching. Right. That you can't be watching your own business right. partner. Right. Right it's now. the people that take the time to be always watching, always wondering what the other person's doing that they fail. Yeah, they're not getting yeah. things done because they're doing that too much. Yep. Yeah. All right. I, I, one last thing. I know you guys got to get out of here. Um, so look, you guys have been in this business for eight years ish. Mm-hmm. Um, you you started at the low point of the market, probably. Um, we're now at I don't know we're at, if we're at the high point or we're approaching a high point or whatever. Mm-hmm. The market's good. Yeah, clearly a lot has changed in eight years. Talk me through maybe what's something that strikes each of you that you've seen change and or something that you're excited about maybe with the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. Something that you know eight years ago just couldn't even happen. You couldn't even think of. Uh- I personally, I personally am excited for probably a little bit of a downturn. I yeah, think like that's what I was uh, gonna say, but I'll think of something else. Yeah, yeah. you can't. can't wait. I thought she would yeah. challenge that and be like, oh, I thought she'd be like, oh, I'm excited <laughs> I'm for more upswing. Right, right. No, uh, we need a downturn. Go ahead. Yeah, I, we have a lot of money sitting on the sidelines right now, and I think um, we're very conservative in what we buy. So I'm excited to see any type of pullback that creates some opportunity. Right. So yeah, I like that. What about you, Dan? I think it's. It's buying right. Like we we want to 
we're not set. One thing that both of us, we are, we're pushers. Like we're, I'm not okay with riding off into the sunset with this large 80,000 square foot building in Lancaster city. It's not where we're at. That's not what we want to do. We could possibly, I don't know exactly where it's going to be. Hopefully, you know, that's how it sh- shakes out. I'll but check like, the numbers. I mean, yeah. most of that money is mine. <laughs> yeah. Most of it is. It over, Shoot. So. And that's yeah, why you're going it, to the bottom. <laughs> yeah. He has an offshore account. Anyway, um, the, the, you know, we want to push, we want to find stuff, but we want to buy right. Um, and, like buying right now, um, I would sure hope that it's still in 20 years. I, I've been, we've been looking back recently on properties we didn't buy. And we now should. we should have bought every single oh, yeah. one of them. And yes, it was in the lowest part of the economy in recent history and blah, blah, blah. But like, mm-hmm. if you see a deal, buy it and, and, and wait, you know, a lot of it is just waiting. I mean, even, even the one, even the one that we bought our first, that 30 unit was cash flowing like crazy. It took a while. Till we saw some actual pr- production out of it, because mm-hmm. and and actual money in my hand, paying right. for the kids' food, you know, because because we had to fix things, we had to do, you had to get things in order, and those things take it's just a, a, they mature over time. It takes yeah, time. I think I mean I think one thing we've learned is like that, that having patience creates a time opportunity. Oh my gosh, yeah. Um, I mean, there's things that we we didn't really <laughs> buy anything with the intention of selling, and there's things we bought that now, like. Uh, let's sell it. I mean, yeah, it just makes sense. Yeah. Um, and we're able to kind of cash out, but we're not forced to. Right. And that's created a ton of opportunity to be able to make really smart decisions and sell when you want to sell. Exactly. And other stuff that maybe hasn't appreciated, that's okay. And yep. we'll just hold that for the next 10, 15 years. And if we see appreciation, it will. makes sense. You know, yeah, it you, will. You think it will. And if it doesn't, I mean, <laughs> we, we bought a 10 unit in Reading that I don't know if the appreciation's there, but the cash flow sure is. And mm-hmm. we'll, I have no, I have every intention of holding that for 20 years. Real estate's the exact opposite of, of, it's one of the best investments that I think anybody can partake in to excel themselves forward and still make a ton of mistakes. Like I used to trade stocks and it's like, if you're in a dying stock, you better get out. Like you got to know when to get out, right? Yeah. With real estate, like we were talking about like some, like Anvil, like Longview <coughs> Apartments. That was a great deal. Great deal. Probably made the least amount of money on it and it irritates the crap out of me. And Dan was talking to me the other day. He's like, dude, we got a 20-year mortgage. Like, we're paying down principal. Like, give yeah. it like 10 to 15 it's years. Yeah. It's going to be You're awesome. Make so it's going to be one of our on better investments. It's just yeah. right here, right now, with the culture that we live in where we can press a button on our phone and get food delivered to this door here. We want it to be now. And yeah, it's yeah. not that. It's, yeah, I think it's, that's, I think it's, that's it's, such a good, a good point. Is that like when you buy a stock, your outs are either – Sell the stock or hold the stock, Correct. right? Yep. And and you can't impact Apple. I mean, Apple's going to do what no. they want to do, and you have no impact on their board. Right. You know, in real estate, you can you have tons of outs. I mean, you bought that Absolutely. commercial pl- place, you use your own personal relationships to find someone. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. there's so many different opportunities in there. Uh, I love that. I think people who are like, I don't know, type A is the right word, or control freaks, but like are highly motivated to to, have, to be able to control your own own fate yes. and have all these different outs and use creative thinking is. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. For sure. Well, look, dudes, this is awesome, man. Uh, love the stories. Dental offices, uh, <laughs> multi-zillion dollar commercial property in Lancaster. Yeah. Uh, can't wait to see what's next. How can people reach out to you if they want to partner uh, with you? Or... You can reach out to our email, foundationalinvestors at gmail.com. Okay. Uh, we do not have Facebook, believe it or not. Yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> we are on Bigger Pockets. You can find me on Bigger Pro- Pockets yeah, under my name, I think Chris. We Compton. actually when she met on Bigger Pockets. I think it is where we met. I do vaguely. Chris with a K. Yeah, and one F. Yeah, uh, I think it was Nate. Nate, your better half. No, you so you think it was Nate? You think it was really? Nate? I, I'll, I'll end on this story. <laughs> so do you know? So uh, when I was in digital advertising. I was on like LinkedIn and I, when I was meeting people, I didn't want people to know I was building a real estate company. Okay. So I went into bigger pockets and everything we did publicly was under Nate's name. It was oh actually me. Goodness. Uh, yeah. And that so, explains uh-huh. it actually. Yeah. Cause I always thought Nate was much more likable than the early yeah, no. time. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> He's, we keep him, we keep him in, keep in the office actually. Off, yeah, in, the, in the back corner. Don't, no, don't let him no, talk Nate, to anyone. Nate, my business partner, is actually uh, very likable. Um, but uh, yeah, so on Bigger Pockets, what I would do is I would go on Bigger Pockets under Nate's name, and yeah. I would be meeting people because I could do that from anywhere in the country. Correct. Yeah. But then when we had a meeting, the reason why I was under Nate's name was like, "Oh, you want to meet in person? Great, I'll set up the meeting." And and then the last part of the story that's really funny was when we first got started. The first couple of years, Nate was actually a school teacher. Yeah. So anyone we met, the meetings were always after four o'clock, <laughs> and. So I would set a meeting up during the day for like 4.30 and Nate would get out of the classroom, put his phone on and see he has a meeting, you know, a half hour away that I set up for him. And he had to call me and be like, who the heck am I meeting with? I'd be like, this is a good one. Yeah, right. That's awesome. That's awesome. So yeah. yeah, man, it's actually me under uh, under a surname of uh, well, Chad, Nate Jones. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. That does explain a lot. <laughs> All right, man. Hey, thanks for hanging out with us, guys. Yeah, good to see you. Keep us posted on your work, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Absolutely. Yes, thanks, cool. Chad. Have a good one. See you. Bye. So that's our episode of Real Estate Hackers. Thanks for joining us in your real estate investing journey. We come out with fresh new episodes weekly. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. And if you would, let your fellow investors know about us. Also, if you've ever hacked or found a unique solution to an issue in the real estate space, hit me up. We may even share your real estate hack on a future episode. Check out our site at realestatehackers.com, on Instagram at realestatehackers, or email me directly at chad at realestatehackers.com. Real Estate Hackers is an on-air brands production. Huge thanks and shout out to Eric and the team at On Air Brands. Be sure to check them out at onairbrands.com. This is Chad Gallagher, your host of Real Estate Hackers. Hope to see you at our next meetup or live event. And who knows, you may even be the next guest hacker on our show. See you soon.